Jesus taught in parables so that we do more than receive information, so that we ponder and thereby engage the message as the Holy Spirit shapes our understanding. The parable of the sower is not so much about we who hear God's word as it is about our generous giving God. The Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Now that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and, and such a great crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of, of, of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. Now this is what was sown on the path. And as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who, who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while, and when troubles or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. And as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Most of my Norwegian ancestors were farmers all the way back to when Leif Erikson discovered America. My connection with the earth seems almost genetic. Standing barefoot and upturned earth is for me a spiritual experience. I have been born of soil, sprouted from earth. My ancestors were farmers and growing things is in my blood. I know what makes for good soil. I know the various kinds of soil needed by different plants. Now Jesus told us parables in order to make us think. Thinking and pondering are a form of prayer. Thinking is a kind of prayer that engages God's spirit. Through our wondering and looking at the parable from different, different views, we understand more than if we were given straight facts. Wondering and pondering seeps truth into our heart. I used to read this parable as a kind of moralism for good church people, as reasons why some churchgoers don't quite get it. The seed of God's word goes out on everyone the same, but God's word falls on some who just don't get it. Their minds and hearts are trampled paths, hard and thick, 
and the word of God is quickly lost on them, and, and so on through the parable. That is what I used to say about this parable. God is generous, but we have to do something with it for God's kingdom to flourish. That's what I used to say, and I was always a bit uneasy about it. It is not quite what our Lutheran heritage has taught us. For one thing, it makes God's success dependent on our response. It makes God's promise of salvation conditional on our acceptance. That Jesus is not effective unless we choose. And God's majesty and might extends only as far as we allow it. That God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven won't happen unless we say so. It makes me uneasy. The Gospel of Matthew is one long story explaining what Jesus is all about. Our reading this morning is that that point in the story when Jesus has been announcing God's kingdom coming and describing what discipleship is all about. And yet while the crowds come swarming for healing and hope, not all follow. In truth, resistance to Jesus is building in the story. The religious leaders who should know better criticize and, and say his power comes from the prince of demons. Others want the health and the goods that come from Jesus, but don't want to actually change their selfish ways. So the writer of the Gospel of Matthew is explaining that while God's great mercy and life is offered, it is not received by all. This parable is not about what to do and, and how Christians should behave. This parable, rather, is describing reality, explaining why there are so few disciples and why so few in church. Life is hard. There are many demands on our time and our money and our compassion. And being a faithful follower of Jesus is no simple choice, but a lifestyle of lifelong training and practice. There are moments of overwhelming joy in God's goodness, but then the harsh heat of midday demands quickly shrivel one's spirit. Now, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just trying to explain that life is hard and that choices are not so easy. Life is busy and complex and most of us come to church a bit ragged in spirit and not entirely attentive to God. And that leads to another point about this parable. We listen to God, put our confidence in God because God promises to never give up on any of us because Jesus welcomes us anyway, because God extravagantly throws seed on all of us uh, alike. This parable is, is more about God than it is about us. Now, a good gardener carefully pushes seeds one at a time in carefully prepared soil. But God scatters seed willy-nilly on uh, on, on the good and on the less desirable alike. God is extravagantly generous. 
God is extravagant in love, uh, generous with grace, caring for all, regardless of our attitude. Well, this parable is not about us. This parable is about an extravagant sower who showers seed of grace on all of us, whether we show promise or not, whether we are ready or not, whether we will act on it or not. It seems ridiculously foolish of God to waste grace on those who show so little potential. And we find ourselves blessed by God alongside the indifferent and the ungrateful and the selfish. God is foolishly extravagant. This God of ours is ridiculously generous, scattering upon us forgiveness when we hardly deserve it, scattering upon us another day of life, another day of blessing, scattering upon us friends and communities when we personally are not always so gracious. Ours is a ridiculously generous God whose love showers upon us. And not all will respond to our generous God. Yet, some will. Some will. Some will hear the good news, see our generous God, and return 30, 60, a hundredfold of that same grace. And that seems good enough for God. 